Welcome to Life Beat. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, with us is Natalie, back from vacation. Welcome back to Michigan. Thanks. It's nice to be back, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> for a little while yet. Yeah. You're, you're going to be leaving us next month. I but, know. But uh, we'll get a few more podcasts in. Today should be an interesting one, no doubt. Lots of controversial topics going on. Oh, yes. So we'll start off with the, uh, the first controversial topic. Uh, in the state budget, there is language that would require the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services to enforce our 2002 state law, which says that uh, non-abortion providers deserve priority when it comes to giving out grants and funding for family planning. So Planned Parenthood should not be at the front of the line. Planned Parenthood should be at the back of the line. That's what our state law says, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But our budget has to have this language in it because the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services is not putting Planned Parenthood at the back of the line right now. Yeah, that seems to be a problem on multiple levels of government, not just state. But hopefully with this new proposal that they're adding on to the budget, that that will further enforce the role we currently have on the books. Right. Uh, and that's a huge problem always is you can get the pro-life law, but is it enforced? And so this law, the state budget language would hopefully do that, pass through the Michigan House and the Senate. Um, it should be important to note that Planned Parenthood claims that uh, the law is being followed and they aren't uh, given priority, except when you actually look at how the contracts are handed out, there are several counties where Planned Parenthood receives money and the county health department. And if you look at the ratio, Planned Parenthood gets two-thirds of the funding and the health department gets one-third. Now, does that sound like someone just came up with a rule that says, I want Planned Parenthood to get two-thirds of the money? Or does that sound like just a natural uh, way of the bidding process? Hmm? Seems a little suspicious. A little suspicious, doesn't it? Well, um, we'll see what happens. Unfortunately, the governor has said that uh, somehow this language is unconstitutional, even though... Uh, his argument is, well, this budget language is changing the state law. It's not really doing that. It's just saying, it's just giving parameters for the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services to actually follow because right now they're in violation of the state law, you could argue. Right. So hopefully the governor doesn't veto anything. Well, he can't. It's boilerplate language, so he can't veto it. But he can try to say he's not going to enforce it. So in other words... He can tell the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, okay, that law you're not following, really not follow it now, I guess. Would, like, the Attorney General be able to step in and do anything? I don't know. That's, that's, uh, that'll be interesting. But, uh, you know, it's helpful to remember that uh, this governor is only going to be in office for, uh, for a few more months, and so we'll see what happens. And... Another layer on top of this is if the uh, Trump administration's changes to the Title X rules go through, mm -hmm. it might be a moot point because they might lose all of their Title X funding because mm -hmm. Planned Parenthood provides abortion. Yeah, well, we'll see with Snyder as a sitting duck how he's going to do. Lame duck. <laughs> <laughs> Not a sitting duck, no. Um, 
Yes, well, hopefully he finishes strong because we have a couple more bills we need to work on that some of them have passed unanimously through the legislature, right? Yes. Yes. So he's got some strong pro-life voices around him, hopefully. He does, and he <laughs> ought to listen to them because they are intelligent people. They are. All right, so uh, we'll move on to another story uh, before we get to the real controversial story. So uh, polling data is often given on the issue of abortion, and it's usually the polls aren't very well done. But Gallup does a pretty decent job because they ask very specific poll questions. And uh, for the first time in several years, they actually asked people, do you believe abortion should be legal in this trimester? And then they went further and asked, do you think abortion should be legal in this trimester for this reason? So couple of interesting numbers I wanted to talk about. Only 45% of Americans believe it should be legal to have an abortion for social reasons in the first trimester. Only 45%. That's, you know, obviously a minority, which is alarming in a positive way. Like, that's good. Like, people are realizing that that's not a good reason to have an abortion. Right. When you, uh, and when you look up the reasons women have abortions, more than 90% of those are social reasons. So, mm -hmm. according to Gallup, a majority of Americans would ban pretty much 90% of abortions overnight if they were given the ability to do that. But they don't because of Roe versus Wade mm -hmm. and Doe versus Bolton. And it's kind of frustrating to read in the, the polling data. They gave great data, and then the analysis... They said, well, the American voter, you know, Americans' view on late-term abortion lines up perfectly with the wording of Roe versus Wade. But, lies. But, well, <laughs> is it lies or is it just ignorance? Deception. Because, as we'll get to in the next story, <laughs> ignorance is not just a, uh, I mean, it's not, it's not lies. A lot of people, people that you would think would know better, very ignorant. Of course, sometimes they are deceptive, too. But... Sometimes I think it can go hand in hand. Well, well, I guess. <laughs> it's just, it's frustrating. Let's not be too mean that Lydia Saad is the one who writes these Gallup polls. At least she asks good questions. Yes, those were good questions. It's just a little <laughs> frustrating when people don't read what the law actually says. Right, so, you know, Roe versus Wade said that abortion is totally legal in the first trimester, uh, can be mostly legal in the second trimester with a few regulations. They said it can ban it in the third trimester, but every, every ban has to have a health exception. And Doe versus Bolton decided the same day, said health is anything, economics, social, emotional. So when you put Roe and Doe together, it's very simple. You can have an abortion for any reason through all nine months of pregnancy in the United States as long as you can find an abortionist willing to do it and willing to claim that you have a health reason for doing it. But uh, that's not what people are told. They are told that abortion, that Roe versus Wade only legalized abortion in the first trimester. But even when you look at that, 45% of Americans think that's okay. 55% of Americans would ban abortion, elective abortions for social reasons, according to this Gallup poll. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Another, uh, and, and then another reason, you know, Gallup said that, that uh, the text of Roe versus Wade is almost perfectly aligning with Americans' views. Oh, a phone call. 
during a podcast, <laughs> making me lose my train of thought. No. Um, so you have, oh, wow, my train of thought is really, it's crashed and burned. <laughs> call, the, call, the, call the mechanic. All right, so you have, uh, can we edit this out or should we leave this in? You should edit We it. should leave it in Watch. to let people know that we aren't just making this up. We're, we know our stuff. Yes, yes. And <laughs> anyway. Duty always calls. Yes, it does. There's no dull moment in the pro-life movement. Oh, that's, yeah, no. <laughs> so the poll analysis, anyway, said that a majority, uh, so it said that the text of Roe versus Wade lines up almost perfectly with Americans' views on late-term abortion. But Roe versus Wade says you can have late-term abortion for any reason. When you actually, you know, right. the Gallup poll, it was only... Um, it was only 20% of Americans think that abortion should be, excuse me, it was only 13% of Americans that believe that abortion should be legal in the third trimester. So Roe versus Wade, the practical effects of it are being supported by 13% of Americans. That's quite the minority. I would call that a massive uh, majority in favor of getting rid of Roe versus Wade mm -hmm. if they understood what it means. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't. That's kind of, I think, one of the most interesting things. Uh, last fall, I was on Wayne State's campus with Tina, who's now our multicultural this will be a good segue. Um, outreach director. Um, and we had we have these quiz boards in the office that ask uh, different questions about abortion. And one of them has to do about whether or not abortion is legal in all nine months of pregnancy. And almost everyone answers no, because they think there's no way it could be legal in all nine months of pregnancy in the United States. And all the students were just floored to find out that it was, which is shocking because Roe versus Wade, you know, that law is obviously older than I am and older than some people my age's parents are, you know, but people don't know what it actually legalizes, what you know, rights, you could say, that it gives them, which is concerning. Extremely concerning. Mm -hmm. um, and so we'll get to that in a second and how ignorance at Wayne State is, uh, I wouldn't call that ignorance, I would call that deception. Anyway, I just wanted we to were, jump the gun here. We were educating them on the truth. You were. <laughs> um, and so the one last poll response I wanted to talk about, which I found very interesting. So, um, when you look at reasons people do generally support abortion, um, sadly, the so-called hard cases, rape, incest, disability, um, there are a lot of people do support abortion for that. Of course, our work is cut out for us to mm -hmm. convince them otherwise. But they actually asked, do you think that Gallup did that abortion for Down syndrome should be legal? And, they, and, and in the first trimester, so early on, and... Um, and the response was only 49% of people think it should be legal to abort a child in the first trimester because they have Down syndrome. But the third trimester, that number dropped, hmm. you know, massively. So I thought that was interesting. Was it, I think, I don't think it was yours, but it was a different article I read that one of the things that Planned Parenthood pushes for the most with the third trimester abortions is they make the argument that it's because of the children who are Down uh, diagnosed with Down syndrome because they claim it's not until later on in the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So that's how they are able to claim that it's okay. Right. Even though if you look at their own published research, they say that 
They give you five profiles of women who have late-term abortion, and disability is not one of those. So most women have late-term abortions because of, for elective reasons. But, you know, so on the issue of Down syndrome, and you're seeing laws now um, in some states banning abortion specifically for that reason, um, we're in the majority now. Mm -hmm. So I think we've done an excellent job, you know, pointing out that these people have disabilities, but they're people, and they have the same innate human value we do. Mm-hmm. And now uh, only a minority of Americans believe it should be illegal to abort them simply because they have Down syndrome. Right. And there's many cases, too, when people are told their child is going to have Down syndrome or some other disability, but when they're born, they end up being perfectly fine. Right. And You know, what's you... standing in the way of the majority of Americans in this case? It's not the U.S. Constitution. It's five judges and their personal subjective policy opinions about abortion. I wonder if Anthony Kennedy uh, knows that. Someone should tell him. <laughs> Maybe he'll change his mind. He, he's, he's very big on animus these days. What more animus could you have than taking the life of a child simply because they might be mentally impaired? I think it'll be interesting if a case like that makes its way up to the court. Will, but will Anthony Kennedy be there by the time the case gets there? We'll see. His we'll clock see. is ticking. <laughs> Hopefully in a couple of weeks we'll get an announcement. Hopefully. All right. So we'll move on to the last topic of the day, vaccines. A controversial topic mm-hmm. that even in the office here we could have an argument about. Yeah, there's a few people who, you know, it, I mean, it's a tricky conversation. You know, vaccines are an important part of our society. We've been able to eliminate diseases that have ran rampant, like polio and... Uh, smallpox. Smallpox, you know, things that are horrible, like the chickenpox. I've never had chickenpox because I'm, like, right at the beginning of people who started getting the chickenpox vaccine, you know, and things that people had to deal with for years, we're so lucky we don't have to worry about those things anymore. But there's this little dark side to the issue is that Mm -hmm. some vaccines that are FDA approved in use for America today were produced using abortion. Um, And we have a law, very simple law, a one-page law in the state legislature, in the Michigan Senate precisely, that would say that doctors have to notify patients that these vaccines were derived from aborted fetal tissue and that they have to give them a list of alternative vaccines. Because in a lot of cases, these vaccines, there are alternatives that were produced Mm -hmm. using animal cell lines or synthetic growth mediums or whatnot. Um, The shingles vaccine is a good example because now even the new vaccine that they just released for shingles they're saying that that even is more effective than the original shingles vaccine that used an aborted fetal cell line. Right. And so, um, you know, the reason we're doing this, Bill, is because, you know, we have a great life notes on the topic, and we've talked about it on the podcast. On You know, you can just Google abortion vaccines. We'll come right up. Um, it explains the basic science, gives you a list of which vaccines were made that way, what alternatives. Because uh, you a specific history of these two cell lines, uh, MRC5 and WI38. And then, um, you know, the reason we have this bill is because patients will take this to their doctors or nurses and say, I want to uh, 
you know, I, I want an alternative, or they won't take it. They'll just say, you know, I know of this, can I have an alternative or whatnot? And the doctors and nurses will say, no, that's not true. What are you talking about? Because even the doctors and the nurses, not, I don't think that's out of malice. I think that's out of ignorance. They just don't know. They've never stopped and looked, which is kind of surprising because, you know, Leonard Hayflick is, is a name people should know, you know. There's a popular book out there called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, which is about mm -hmm. this whole topic. And mm -hmm. you think doctors and nurses would be aware of this, but they're not. Yeah, that book is interesting, too, because the family talks about, like, the impact that that has had on their family. So it kind of mm -hmm. gives you a real-life look into this issue as well. Right. There's a... HBO made a movie about it, too. Oh, they did? Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Um, and so uh, we have this bill out there. We knew it would be controversial, and that's because, you know, we have this larger vaccine issue and arguments about health and safety and whatnot. And it's really not our place is to get involved into any of that because that is way beyond the scope of our mission. Our specific mission involves the fact that uh, we know that children are aborted and their bodies are used for medical research and in some cases used to produce, in this case, vaccines. And, uh, you know, we have an ethical objection to that. We shouldn't take life to use it for medical research. There's, especially when it comes to vaccines, there's zero need to do that. They're, they can produce alternatives mm -hmm. for all of these vaccines. As the shingles um, vaccine mm -hmm. illustrates, the version not using the aborted cell line is more effective than the old one. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because um, that's just the reality. And so we knew it would get some criticism. Actually, it really hasn't gotten a lot of attention. I was really shocked. I thought for sure it was going to get more attention. But you had mentioned that you're worried about people bringing it up because they don't want to talk about it. Right. So we did have one specific person and a, a few other people uh, engage us on it on, on Twitter of all places. Um, of course. A Wayne State professor who runs a, uh, a blog on uh, science issues and whatnot. Uh, Dr. Gorski, I think David Gorski, um, and uh, he didn't really engage us on the issue because our issue is the ethics of it, mm -hmm. but he uh, he tried to take it from the issue of, oh, Rights Life of Michigan is anti-vax now and they don't know what they're talking about and the bill has misleading information because, you know, they're kind of in a catch-22. So um, they're afraid that if people find out about this connection that mm -hmm. some people will have ethical objections and object to the vaccines, which may very well happen. And we would say that people have an ethical right to do that. Right. We can't force people to take medicine they don't want. That's, I actually, I don't think you were here, but I got a really interesting phone call a few weeks ago from a woman who she had, when she was researching vaccines and stuff for her children, she had stumbled upon our website and had found out about all this vaccine stuff and was flabbergasted. So she took it to her doctor and her doctor ended up telling her not to go there anymore because to our website no to their office because whoa she kicked her out as a patient yeah because she wanted more information on this and the doctor tried to tell her she was lying so she was eventually able to find another doctor who was willing to help her and research the ethical vaccines for her children but she was so upset that a doctor 
was denying this because she too had just gone right onto the FDA website and you can see exactly where these vaccines right. come it from. It says right in the package insert which cell lines right. are used to grow the viruses. And she was so upset about it and yeah. the doctors were just in total denial. Now Natalie, did you make that up? Dr. Gorski says we make all this <laughs> up and that we're tools of the anti-vax No, groups. she was really upset. I felt bad. She was crying on the phone to oh. me. and I've had it happen to me yeah. with my own children, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so this is out there, um, and doctors and nurses are giving out bad information. And so all this bill does, it doesn't talk about the ethics. It doesn't, as I was arguing with one administrative law professor today, it doesn't specifically say how doctors have to notify them. It just says patients have to be notified and then given a list of alternatives. Mm-hmm. And then, um, we'll see if it ever passed, how it's implemented. And then, you know, then we may have to go back and be more specific, but there's no real need now to say doctors have to say, give this long paragraph. But, you know, that information is not being given out now. And um, so back to my original point, the, uh, you know, they're in kind of a catch-22 because they're afraid people will object, so they don't want people to know. Mm-hmm. But they can't say that. And they don't want our bill to pass, but the only way they can do that is try to create public outrage. But by creating public outrage, then people are getting educated about the fact, which is our end goal. It's not really about the law. It's about stopping doctors and nurses from handing out bad information about people knowing. And then our long-term goal is that um, all these vaccines produced using these cell lines are produced using ethical versions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a couple of the points I just thought we'd go over quick that uh, Dr. Gorski uh, brought up. One of them was, um, I don't have a medical degree, so uh, so uh, apparently I can't talk about basic biology. Oh, and our, uh, and our legislative director, Genevieve, who has a degree in biology, may also be ignorant because even many, apparently even many people with bachelor's degrees in biology from credible, accredited United States universities can't understand basic cell sign. Boy, someone tell the writer of The Immortal Life of Henry uh, Lacks that because, boy, that book has sold an awful lot of copies. I guess none of those people could understand the text of the book. They're, they're just reading through it like, I don't know what's in here. Hey, and Oprah was in the HBO movie, so someone should tell her she doesn't Oprah, know what Oprah doesn't ta- know what she's talking right. about. She doesn't have a medical degree. Well, let's not get into Oprah. <laughs> That's a... But, you know, <laughs> you can educate yourself on any topic without going to school for it. You can. and um, We're lucky we live in a country where we can do these things. Where information is available online. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing, too. Um, you know, Dr. Gorski really isn't thinking, so he doesn't want people to know, and he's trying to say our law is deceptive, and he's try- so he's trying to act like we're giving out false information, but we're really not, and that's because he can't come out and say people don't have a right to know. Because he knows that's not popular, mm-hmm. um, and so I lost my point. <laughs> I don't know where you're going. I don't know where but... I was... um, You know, he, so he's in this catch twenty two. He he can't argue that people don't have a right to know, and so he's, he's yeah he's just trying to argue that people um, is trying to argue that we're deceiving people, mm-hmm. um, but. He just, he just doesn't have an argument there. Um, okay, that's the point. I was trying to get back to my original point. Was the, the you know we don't really comment on the ethics of it in the law. People, mm-hmm. even in our uh, life notes that explains it, you know we give people some ethical considerations at the end. A lot of people would say that 
because the abortions used in the cell lines, currently used in vaccines, happen in the 60s, that it's so far removed from those acts that there's no longer an ethical duty on the part of people with the vaccines. Others would say, no, there's still an ethical duty to um, refuse them. But um, that's up for people to decide, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think so. I think it's just important that we educate people on where their vaccines are coming from as well. Even the ethical ones, you know. I think that it's important that people take a moment to think about that and realize and know what they're putting in their body, too. You got me back on my train of thought. <laughs> so, so Dr. Gorski's goal is for everyone to get vaccines. But... The worst way to accomplish that goal is to get people to not trust you. And when you when you try when you try to fudge what people are saying about laws, we try to put arguments in our mouth that we're not making. He's trying to say we're arguing that these are tainted with abortion cells and people are gonna get autism and you know, we're not really there's no way that we're actually saying that. Um, when you say that people don't have a right to know and you're inferring that um, people then are not going to trust you. So when Dr. Gorski comes back later and says, you have to trust me on this issue, mm -hmm. I have a degree and you don't, and I know better than you, that person is not going to believe you. And that is a serious problem, is trust in our public yeah. health system. And that's the, the fault of it is because of doctors doing bad things, like Dr. Gorski not being honest with our arguments. Or maybe if he took the time to read about this, then maybe he would see. Well, now, we talked we about ignorance. For Dr. Gorski knows full well how these cell lines were created and that these babies were aborted, these two babies were aborted, and tissue was taken from them, and from, from that we have cell lines. He was mm -hmm. trying to argue that we can't say that the uh, vaccines are derived from aborted babies because the vaccines are derived from cells that were derived from the aborted babies. So, But it's the practice of how <laughs> they got those we're, cells is what we're upset about. I know. That's the ethical issue. Instead, we're, having, we're arguing um, the English definition of what derived means, which um, I don't think Dr. Gorski is an English professor, so maybe he's not qualified to maybe. speak about the... Guess you better buy him a dictionary. Uh, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you try to be nice. It's hard to be nice with people on social media. And this is a serious problem for, you know, even businesses. You know, some people believe if people are trolling you, you can block them, which I don't like to do. I like to engage people unless they're being really, really mean or odd. I've only ever blocked one person for being completely awful and horrible. And they started like attacking me and my family personally. Yeah, see like, that's a reason to get to... It's like, uh, you don't get the right to talk to me anymore. Right. Even though in the Twitter it's just crazy. So Dr. Gorsi's like, well, don't you have any doctors involved? Like, you don't have any medical people involved in Right Tide, Michigan? It's like, well, we do. Quite a few. Right. But we have a policy we can't give out board member information because right. they'll get harassed. I did give him the name of one of our founders who's still a uh, you know, board-certified um, OBGYN in Grand Rapids. And what happens is, is someone comments, oh, there's a name of a doctor just like that in Oklahoma that operates an abortion clinic. Maybe there's some secret plot. That, it's like, and this person, no. this person <laughs> looked like a medical reporter. It's like, oh, like, 
You just ha- uh, they just start running with these crazy ideas sometimes, and there's just not really a necessary reason to do that. That's why we don't give out, you know, I mean, that's why we don't give out information to people. It's like, engage the arguments. Don't go, start concocting conspiracy theories that 70-year-old DOs in Grand Rapids are running secret pro-life fake abortion clinics in Oklahoma. Like, who does that? Who does that? Oklahoma is very far away. It is very far away. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) anyway, I digress. (laughs) Um, And so our theory is to to not block people and try to engage them. But it's very, very hard when they when they they don't they don't want to engage the argument and they start talking about, well, you don't have a degree or you're not Mm -hmm. smart or you're religious. Or at some point he said something. He made some insult like we think. Vaccines aren't kosher. Like, ah, uh, what are you talking about? It's just so frustrating. What are you talking I about? I mean, you have a lot of these conversations, too, with a lot of people who are really radically pro-abortion. They just, you know, it makes it difficult to change hearts and minds in a peaceful way when people are being rude and attacking you like that. Wow, Natalie, you're professional talking right over the ringing phone, more so than me. Well, any, anything else we wanted to talk about? You know, we, we, have, um, we have the information about the vaccines on our website. We also have a blog post up. It's on the front page of our website, rtl.org, kind of addressing some of these objections, which, again, are not, you know, none of them want to engage the point. Do people have a right to know, and do people, can people ethically object? They're all just trying to tie us to, you know, your anti-vax or... These abortions were so long ago, it doesn't matter. Well, that's true for some people, some true for not. So right. check that out. You can see, I think, when you evaluate our arguments, you'll side with the person citing facts and not with people saying you don't have a degree and you don't know what you're talking about and you're a religious nut. Just my thoughts. Lots of deep breaths will this be was, had. This was good. <laughs> this was good therapy. All right, so before my phone jumps off the wall and tries to attack me, um, that's all we have. Uh, Join us again in two weeks. Nan will be joining us again for a few more editions of uh, Lifebeat. Thanks for listening, and have a wonderful weekend.